This is our fourth session on the book of Job. We have just seen him stunningly pass the first test here in verses 20 and 22 of Job 1 when he heard that his children were dead and that he had lost all of his camels and oxen and sheep and donkeys and his servants had died. He arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and he worshipped. He admitted that he had brought nothing into the world. Naked I came from my mother's womb. He would take nothing out of the world, as Paul put it later in 1 Timothy. And therefore the Lord was the one who gave him everything that he had. And now the Lord has taken it away. The Lord has taken it away. Not ultimately Satan, ultimately the Lord, even though Satan is the one who asked for permission to do this. And then he pronounces the word of worship, praised, blessed, admired, loved, treasured, honored, revered be the name of the Lord. And the inspired writer, not just Job in the story, The inspired writer of this book adds, In all this, Job did not sin. This this theology that attributes to God the taking of the way of his children through lightning and wind and Chaldeans and Sabaeans and all of his possessions, that sovereign view of God is not sin. It's righteousness. He did not charge God with wrong. God does no one wrong in taking what he has given. So he passes stunningly his first test, and here comes number two, Job 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, again, the accuser of our brethren, also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Meaning, as he'll explain now, Have you considered the effect of your first attempt to ruin his faith? That there is none like him on the earth, blameless, upright, fears God, turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. There's no reason in Job, no sin in Job that you can accuse him of. He has settled all accounts with me. He is a good man. He and I are friends. This incitement here does not mean, there's no reason to take it to mean, that Satan is somehow on a par with God and can stir God up to do things God doesn't want to do. That would be foolish. In fact, we see in this passage and the previous ones that God sets the limits on Satan. God rules Satan. God could dispatch Satan out of this setting anytime he pleased. He could shut his mouth like he did the demons in the Gospels when Jesus said to be silent. He doesn't have to listen to Satan. He's not incited in the sense that Satan stirs up 
God to do what God doesn't think it's wise to do. God did think it was wise. Indeed, he thought it was good and merciful and compassionate. That's James 5, 10, and 11. Compassionate to do these things, not satanic. Now, what will the upshot of this encounter be? Satan answered the Lord and said, Right, <laughs> skin for skin. What does that mean? We'll come back. All that a man has, has. That's what God touched in the first test. All that a man has, he will give for his life. But you stretch out your hand and touch his bone, his flesh, his skin, his life. And like I said, and of course he doesn't admit that he was dead wrong the first time, he'll curse you to your face. That's the great goal of this book is to show that God, even if he touches bone and flesh and skin and children and possessions, he's not worthy of being cursed He's worthy of being worshipped. Skin for skin. I don't know whether it's animal skins for human skin here or the skin of his children for his own skin, but something like this. All that a man has, the skin of his children, the skin of his cattle that he might sell, he's willing to give all that, lose it all in the fire of heaven and the Sabaeans and the Chaldeans and the wind. Let it go because I'm not hurt. That's how low Satan has gone to say that Job is really just in love with his own health and his own life. And as far as he's concerned, his kids can go for his own skin. His animals can go for his own skin. But now... We'll really find out where his heart is. You touch his bone and you touch his flesh, and now he'll curse you because you will have taken from him the one thing that he really cherishes above everything, including you, God. That's what this book is about. This book is about the value of God. Is God to be valued above children, valued above oxen, valued above bone and flesh and life? Is Psalm 63, 3 true? The steadfast love of the Lord is better than life. That's what this book is about. And so, God, desiring to show the truth about Job and about his own worth, says, The Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only limits Satan. God controls this situation, not Satan. He tells him how far he can go before he had told him not to touch him. Now he says you can touch him, but you can't kill him. And so you might conclude from that Satan can't ever take this, the life of a, of a Christian. That's not true. This limit that God set here, he doesn't always set. For example, Revelation 2.10 do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested. 
Now, how far is this test going to go? And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. And then be faithful unto death. That's how far it's going to go. And you will, he will give you the, I will give you the crown of life. There's no reason to infer here that because God sets the limit for Job, don't kill him, that he sets it for everybody that way. So, here we go. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job. Now, that's the first time in this book that it says explicitly Satan did it. In the first chapter, it never said Satan killed the children, Satan killed the servants, Satan stole the donkeys. Satan asked for permission that he might do all that, but it never says Satan did it. In fact, it says the fire that came down was the fire of God, and, and we just saw that God is the one who says, you, Satan, incited me against him. God was the final decisive power. But now, it says explicitly, he went out from the presence of the Lord and Satan struck Job with loathsome sores. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and Job took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. So, how will Job now respond to this? Will he attribute again? Will he say, the Lord has taken away when it says Satan struck him? What will the passing of this test look like?